The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. excited are you because the daytime emmys will be held this sunday june 19th in las vegas i'm actually probably on my way to las vegas right now while you're listening to the show today's show was pre-recorded to allow me the chance to travel to vegas and get ready for what's going to be an amazing year of emmy coverage on soapcentral.com Don't forget, I'm going to be teaming up with two-time daytime Emmy winner Martha Byrne, and she and I will be on the red carpet getting you all of the interviews with your favorite soap stars and looking at the fashion. There will be photos. There will be video. It's going to be a really good time. We also have some stuff planned for you that is very, very special. But before any of that, we have today's show. I'm going to be joined in just a few moments by Richard Sims, who is the executive editor of Soaps in Depth magazine. He and I are going to talk about who we think has the best chance of winning a daytime Emmy this year. And he and I don't agree on a lot of the categories, so find out who he picked, who I picked, and enjoy listening to us give each other a hard time. I will let you know that not everything was able to fit in today's show, so... I've taken some of the excerpts from the interview and posted them on SoapCentral.com. So when you're done listening to today's show, head on over to SoapCentral.com, visit our Soap Central Live section, and you'll find all of the picks that he and I made that weren't able to fit into today's show. And then later in the show, Jim Romanovich will be joining me, and he's going to give me a little bit of a sneak peek of what to expect from this year's daytime Emmy telecast. He also has some words for all of you out there who maybe are feeling really down about what's going on in daytime and don't think that you should tune into the Emmys. And, you know, he and I both agree. It's more important now than ever before to support everything in daytime. So be sure to tune into the daytime Emmys Sunday, June 19th on CBS and here on SoapCentral.com for exclusive coverage and all other great things from the daytime Emmys. My first guest on today's show is a regular here on the show, and I found out that all I have to do is ply him with cookies to get him to appear. Apparently, they're not doing that at Soaps in Depth magazine, where he is the executive editor. Of course, Richard Sims brings us all kinds of scoops and great conversation, but he's here for the very first time to make Emmy predictions. Richard, are you ready? 
I am. I've got bourbon and cookies, and I'm good to go. Which and by the way, if your budget only allows for one of those two things, always pick the bourbon. <laughs> I was just going to ask if that was stated in order of, of requirement or yeah. uh, just randomly, but okay, I'll remember that. Okay, so we've got a whole lot of nominations for the 38th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards. Of course, they're going to air Sunday, June 19th on CBS, but... Let's go through and try to figure out who we think, after watching all of these Emmy reels, who we think has the best chance of winning, or maybe who should win. And let's start off with just sort of a general discussion. Are there any nominees this year that really surprised you when you heard that they were nominated, but then when you went and watched the reels said, ha, that's exactly why that person was nominated. That was good stuff. You know, to be honest, the two things that surprised me this year more, and this happen, one of them happens every year, actually both of them happen, happen every year, is the people who don't get nominated. I'm always blown away by the people who don't get nominated. You just scratch your head and you say, you know, how did so-and-so not get any, any, get any Emmy love? And the other thing that always surprises me is what people picked. And every now and then, you know, and this year was no exception, you come across a reel where you're just like, really? This is what you decided was representative of your best work? And and the mistake that often happens, and, and we'll probably get to at least one or two of those tonight, is that they pick a reel in which, yeah, their work is fine, but they were the, the, your attention is taken away by the person they're sharing the scene with, who has an even better, like, like you, you forget who's, you never want to forget who's any reel you're watching. And there were one or two where as I was watching them, I was like, man, that's a great reel for her. Oh, wait, it's not her reel, it's his. So that always surprises me, is that people let themselves be upstaged in their own Emmy reels. Well, it's interesting that you mention that, but I also have to think, if they didn't pick the reel that they chose, would they have gotten the nomination in the first place? That's very true. Um, you know, I mean, to be honest, I think I, I always wonder how much of it has to do with what they picked, how much of it has to do with backstage politics, you know, because some of them sometimes, and this happens every year, you look at it and you're like, yeah, this just doesn't make sense. Whether it's, whether it's, um, who got nominated, who didn't, um, it, there's, there's, you know, so much to it that it it really often feels like kind of a crapshoot, which is perfect because it's Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just thinking, like, wow. Uh, so we're going to up the ante since we're talking about Las Vegas. And oh, how long to... can we keep? How long can we keep this going? <laughs> uh, I'm about to find out. So we'll start <laughs> with the outstanding drama series writing team. We have. As the World Turns, which of course is a sentimental favorite, last chance it will ever have to win a, a daytime Emmy, The Bold and the Beautiful, Days of Our Lives, and The Young and the Restless. Uh, the Bold and the Beautiful picked the same episodes for writing, for directing, for drama series, and technically, I suppose, if you get down to it, also for Susan Flannery's acting reel. So they, they put a lot of, uh, of stock in the episodes that they filmed on Skid Row in Los Angeles, do you think that it will pay off for them? Well, you know, that's not an unusual technique for The Bold and the Beautiful. They did the same thing um, last year, I think it was, with Betty White's death. Um, that's, you know, that's that's 
they're they know what they're doing and i and i i think they go into it and they say you know this is going to be our emmy episode going in um you know they've won the last two years for about standing drama i i think that when it comes to writing this is a really really tough category um it always is you know the heart says Oh, it'd be nice if he has the world turns get um, a last non. But the episode just feels, to be honest, the last episode felt kind of hokey, you know, with the voiceover, and it just it just didn't really work for me. Um, I actually think that this one goes to the Young and the Restless. They submitted really? the episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They submitted the episode where Victoria was arrested on her wedding day, mm-hmm. as people were finding out that Chance had had supposedly died, and it's just really well written it's great drama um there's there's just so much good stuff in it and in fact this is one of those things where i say to myself why didn't they submit this for best drama um because i think they'll win for best writing with it and i think if they had submitted it for best drama against the other uh that they might things might be different in that category interesting uh i i didn't really look at it that way i i i look in you have to remember that it's one episode, and it's so hard to not know what's going on and to block that out in your mind when you're you're doing the voting. And you'll hear me talk about that throughout this entire show. But I kind of liked Days of Our Lives, not just because it hasn't been nominated in, in 500 years, but it had a little bit of everything. There was some humor. There was some typical soapy stuff. There were some things that were really touching there were you know to me it had everything and if i'm looking at it just sort of a a total package not going on uh, you know just being overly dramatic or not being necessarily just dramatic i thought that they had the best use of everything and that's sort of i think the main reason that i think the days of our lives could win for the first time uh since like the 70s if i had a laugh track button i would push it right now i would push it they were nominated, though, so I mean, I'm well, sure a lot of yes, they were, and you know, I was, I was, not, I was going to make some funny joke, but I can't think of one. So, yes, they were nominated. Um, but do I, do I, would I love to see them win? Yes, I would. I really don't think that. I don't think that that episode can compete with the just solid, solid soapy drama and fantastic. Fantastic dialogue. Remember, this is writing, so it's also about the dialogue. And YNR has some of the best dialogue writers in the in the in in the biz. And and the episode with with Victoria's arrest just showed them at their best. So I I you know I I wouldn't be disappointed if Days won. But you don't think, think it's going to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen. And and sadly, I don't think BNB is going to win either. Frankly, I wish BNB would win. I was really happy that they won the last two years. I think BNB is sort of the epitome of a great soap to me. It does uh, it does what I want a great soap to do. But I think, to be honest, that they shot themselves in the foot by submitting the Skid Row stuff. It just doesn't it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel it's 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 a little bit. I cringed during some of it because it just relies so heavily on stereotypes and and it just oh, it just it just wasn't it wasn't to me you know the kind of thing I would reward as best writing. Well, since you've poo pooed my first choice in our first category here, let's move on to another category and see if you might actually agree with me. 
and will tackle outstanding younger actor and actress all at the same time. Let's start off with the actress, though. Who do you think will win? Well, you know, this is this is sort of a no-brainer. This is Lexi Ainsworth. There's there's just there's nothing. You know, the the competition here it's Lexi Ainsworth, Emily O'Brien, and Brittany Allen. And nothing against the other two women, but every year there's a category that you just sort of look at and are like, okay, really, uh, you know, let's just not even let's just give the award and not even waste everybody's time. And Lexi. Without doubt, this is hers. It was it was a fantastic reel. Um, she's given, you know, yes, we don't judge the body of work. We're judging the one episode, but um, and, and this one episode was fantastic. It, she really picked the perfect episode. So, if I had a button, would it be a laugh track? No, it actually would be applause because I agree with you <laughs> as well. That was my pick. Although I will say. I was surprised by Emily O'Brien's reel. Uh, the thing that, that haunted me most is she has a scream in the scene that literally gave me chills for about three, four minutes after I was done watching the reel. But there wasn't a whole lot of content. It was a lot. It was short. Uh, the thing that I like about Brittany Allen's reel, there were some really good moments in there. And, I, and actually, we'll talk about it when uh, with all my children's drama series. She had some really good moments in in her time that she was there where I couldn't help but sort of root for her. I, I think that Brittany Allen, for whatever reason, did confrontation scenes really well. Uh, I don't think that she's going to win. I'd like to see her win, uh, just because I always like to see people who were let go win Emmys. Just uh, <laughs> I'm evil and vindictive that way. But I, I do have to say I think Lexi Ainsworth will win the, the, the clip that she submitted. Uh, Nancy Legrand was also amazing. Uh, there's a, a scene in there where they each wipe away uh, their tears. Uh, it, it was great stuff. And I don't think that the folks who are voting, I don't think that they need to necessarily be familiar with the entire show in order to watch that, appreciate it, and say, you know what, this is your Emmy girl. I agree. And the other thing about it, I agree. Emily O'Brien's reel was really, really good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a fan of Emily O'Brien's. Her reel was, was fantastic. But it did rely sort of on you knowing the story, you know, because it was during uh, Jana's being kidnapped and all that. And, and it was kind of over the top when compared to if it was if you were just watching other soap stuff it might be fine but when you compare it to the fantastic scenes where Christina basically explains to Alexis how she ended up in an abusive relationship yeah. I mean that's real and relatable and raw and then you get to counterbalance that with sort of the less emotional but really nice scenes that she then went on in the same episode to share with Maurice Bernard so mm -hmm. it's just it's just three killer actors there's just you can't beat it. Well, we're talking about three actors. There were also just three nominees this year for Outstanding Younger Actor. After, uh, it must be, I think, five nominations now. I, actually, I, think, I think that Scott Clifton will finally win a Daytime Emmy this year. And you're getting ready to look for a button, I can just tell. Is it a laugh? No, I, I, nope, I, compl I completely agree with you. Um, I think, you know, Chad Duell and Chandler Massey are the other two actors in the category. Um, Chandler, you know, he's, I, I like him, but, but just, it's not really, it's, he it just doesn't have the... It was a weird scene. Uh, yeah, it very it's short. very weird. It didn't really, I mean, this is one of those things where I wonder, okay, what else 
could he have submitted? It's not bad. It, 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 he does a, a wonderful job in the scene. I'm just wondering what uh, folks were looking for when they did that. I mean, it, it's not one of those nice things where the, the son gets to, at a moment in time, turn the tables and be there and be supportive for their parent. I actually I like that. I thought it was very nice. It was very nice sentiment, but it was very short. And, you know, there wasn't really a lot of drama. Not that we need the, the craziness and the soapy crying or anything of that nature, but when it said end of reel when I was watching, I just sort of looked around and thought, okay, uh, what did I miss? Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, Chad Duell, clearly, um, next year is his year, because he'll have all of this stuff from... A lot of times when people are talking about the Emmys, um, uh, uh, fans forget that you're not basing on the body of work, and you're not basing on their current stuff. It's going to be stuff from, like, the previous calendar year. And his material was okay. It was it was fine. It was like, you know, Michael and Abby stuff, for the most part, and it was okay. But it wasn't it wasn't the stuff that he's had since the since the ra- since revealing that the character was raped, and that's when he really you know that's the material that's going to win him the Emmy. So that'll be next year, but this year Scott Clifton, you know, it was. Scott Clifton's reel was one of those great reels where it includes humor and it includes drama, and you know Clifton's a great actor. He he's just he is very charismatic and very appealing and he's one of those people who you can't take their, your eye off because you feel like if you take your eye off him he might do something unexpected and yeah. you, you don't want to miss it so yeah clearly clearly he's he's the winner here it, it was one of those you mentioned it had a whole lot of different things there were moments where you didn't like him where he made of the character may have come off as a little bit of a smart ass there were others where you thought oh my gosh uh, you know you're talking about the, the the death of your mom. You're talking about not having had your father there. Now you found out that it's the last person that you ever would have wanted it to be. So I mean, there's there's a lot of emotions. There's a, there's a lot of of range. And I think, you know, I, I just I think that this is it. I think that that's what voters should be looking for. They should be looking for someone who can do a whole lot of stuff in a relatively short amount of time. I think we're talking the the clip may have been. 20 some minutes 30 minutes something like that and and to be able to put a lot of emotion in there and to get people to react is is a great thing one thing about chad that before we move on to the next category i thought that the episode that laura wright submitted for her uh daytime emmy nomination for lead actress i i thought that he did a really good job in that scene where michael's being sent off to prison he's saying goodbye to his, his brothers and sisters and whatnot and I really liked that. There was just something very understated. There was something very, to me, very powerful. Uh, I felt more in for him in that episode than I did in in the one that he submitted. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Uh, and and it's again, it's another one of those things where you wonder. You know, you kind of want to be sitting there and 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 be part of the process and 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 try and figure out why they submitted what they submitted. But uh, again, you said that next year is is your eye. I do believe that because that's something that I said about one of the nominees for Outstanding Supporting Actor when it happened. When Jonathan Jackson gave his confrontation scene with Elizabeth and Nicholas, I remember saying this is his Emmy nomination and more than likely it'll be his Emmy win. But 
Uh, I don't know if you agree with that. There are a lot of other great nominees. There's uh, Jason Thompson. There's Billy Miller. There's Brian Kerwin, Doug Davidson. Who's your choice? We actually had um, a little bit of heated debate <laughs> in the oh, office about this. about this one um, because my choice was Billy Miller. Billy Miller, to me, again, same thing with Scott Clifton. Billy Miller, you never know what he's going to do. You know, you get the feeling that at any moment he could just go completely off script, and even if he stays on script, his facial expressions, his gestures, everything about it is just the kind of performance that you want to watch. And the scene, the scene, the, the, the highlight of his reel was a scene in which Billy went to confront Victor and blame him for having caused Victoria's miscarriage. And this, the, the episode as a whole starts off very, you know, sort of somber and quiet because it's Billy and Victoria finding out they lost their child. Mm-hmm. And, and at first I was like, you know, this isn't as emotional as I would expect, and I, I'm not really sure why he picked this. And then they got to the fireworks with him confronting v- Victor. And it was just Eric Braden and Billy Miller acting their butts off. My problem with now, so I picked Billy Miller. The, the, the office popular pick was Jonathan Jackson. And, and I could see why Jonathan's scene was fantastic, but to me, the scene was overwritten. It wasn't overplayed. Jonathan played it the way it was written and played it beautifully, but the dialogue was a little bit too florid, and it took me out of the moment. Like, I could, like, I was watching a great actor working with a script that was a little bit over the top. And that really, really took me out of the moment. Now, the thing to remember here is that what could end up happening is Billy Miller and Jonathan Jackson split the vote, leaving it clear for for someone else to come in. Now, right. I don't think Brian I don't think Brian Kerwin has much of a shot. It was it was okay, but I don't see it happening. That was my but dark I, horse. That was my really. Uh, that was my if they split. I just there was just something about it that. I just there was rage, there was denial. He had Erica Slazek, who has a, a, a squillion Emmys of her own. I like that. Squillion. A oh, squillion. that's good. Squillion. And the other, uh, while we're all in talking about clips and whatnot, I wonder and question what Kimberly McCullough submitted for her Emmy consideration because I actually thought she was really good in Jason Thompson's scene. That was exactly the reel I was talking about at the beginning of the show when I said that, you know, that there are some reels where you're distracted by the power of the other performance in the reel. And this was it. Jason Thompson was fantastic in his scene. It was basically him confessing to Robin that um, that, that he cheated on her. And he was phenomenal, but it was a quiet, subdued performance against Kimberly's Obviously, you know, she's playing the, the, the shock and disbelief and rage, and my, my eye was on her the whole time, and I was really blown away by her performance. What's, what wouldn't surprise me here is if Billy Miller and Jonathan Jackson split the vote, if Doug Davidson sneaks in, because Doug Davidson broke my Heart. It yeah. did two things. First of all, the, the scenes that Doug Davidson submitted are the scenes in are scenes in which Patty basically is going to kill herself, and he mm-hmm. basically begs her not to kill herself. And it did two things. First, it reminded me just what a treasure Doug Davidson is, and and how sad it is that he's underused. Um, second, it it drove right home 
how the heck did Stacey Heideck once again not, not get an Emmy nomination? How does that happen? That's just a disgrace because her performance is just, as it was through her entire run, was stunning. So that kind of bothers me. And the other thing is Doug Davidson and Brian Kerwin, to be honest, are the only two actors in this category who belong in this category. Billy Miller is not a supporting actor. Jonathan Jackson is not a supporting actor. Jason Thompson, I guess, kind of technically is because they don't really write for Patrick and Robin. But you know, but I but I don't think of them. I don't think of Patrick and Robin as supporting players. But I guess technically they are. But Jonathan Jackson, I'm sorry, Lucky is not a supporting actor, a character, and and certainly. Billy is not a supporting character. Those are lead actors. They are people who place themselves in this category, whether either they did or the show did, but they don't belong in this category. Doug Davidson is the epitome of a supporting actor, and his real sh- would be enough to, to win it for him. And beyond that, it was also just about the right length. I remember when it was done, I wasn't thinking, you know, why is this so short? And then I wasn't you know, waiting for it to end as it got to the end. It, it was it was really a great length. It was uh, it was what it needed to be. And I have him as my second dark horse. Again, if you talk about votes canceling it out, I wouldn't be surprised if he won. I, I wouldn't be surprised. So basically, so basically, you are to go back to our Vegas talk. You're hedging your bets. Well, if Jonathan Jackson doesn't win and Billy Miller doesn't win, then Brian Kerwin's my dark horse. And if my dark horse doesn't win, then Doug David, the only person you haven't given the award to is Jason Thompson. Poor Jason Thompson. What did he do to you? Nothing. He was actually uh, – he's been very nice. He's been gracious and granted interviews. <laughs> uh, it, it's – you know, it's one of those things that – there are some categories this year, I think, where I could see any one of the nominees winning. Uh, it, it hasn't been that way in a long time. So I don't know. I mean, you talked about there's there sometimes where it's just a no-brainer when we talked about Lexi Ainsworth. This is the the first year where I know that I had a lot of of difficulty in some situations really narrowing it down, and I won't be surprised. The the supporting actress is another category. I won't really be surprised uh, or upset if any of these women win, but I'm not going to tip my hand. I'm going to let you be the first one in this category to see who you think is going to win and why. Well, I ain't gonna lie. When it comes to supporting actors, I agree. There's a lot of great performances here. You know, you've got your, your nominees are Nancy Lee Gron, Trisha Cast, Julie Pinson, Bree Williamson, Melissa Claire Egan, and Heather Tom. I mean, talk about your your cornucopia of riches. Again, there are people in this category who probably shouldn't be in this category. I don't think Melissa Claire Egan or Heather Tom, I mean, uh, or or Bree Williamson are supporting actresses. I'm sorry. You know, when your character's on five days a week, you're not a supporting actress. Right. You are. You are a lead actress, but my I went with my sentiment here, and and I'm hoping that Emmy viewers feel the exact same way that voters feel the same way I do. And I went with Trisha Cast because Trisha Cast is the kind of actress who, if you're on Twitter and you're tweeting the show while you're watching it, which I try and do most days, and Trisha Cast comes on. Everybody goes, oh, Nina, oh, Trisha Cass, sign her to a contract. We love her. I mean, like, she is just a phenomenal actress, a great presence. And remember how you were talking about with um, Emily O'Brien's uh, reel, how there was that, that scream that haunted you? Mm-hmm. Trisha Cass's reel starts out with that because it's it's that, that moment when she finds out that Chance is dead and, and she just – 
just the portrait of grief. It's sort of in that couple of minutes, it's sort of daytime's version of what Michelle Forbes is doing on the killing. It's just a mother's unbearable, overwhelming grief. And, and it just blew me away. Um, otherwise I would, I would have to go with Nancy Lee Gron who did, you know, some great stuff, which was, it starts with her by Christina's bedside after Christina's been beaten, and it's very that's very strong. But then it goes into the hallway at the hospital where she kind of goes to Sonny and is like, you know, hey, do me a favor, don't kill Ethan for beating, for doing this because that's when Christina was lying. Yeah. And it's really nice material. Um, so so cast is my pick, but I could totally see Nancy or Bree taking it. So you're hedging your bets like I did in supporting actor. I picked. Two out of the five. Well, you technically picked three. four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it is no secret that I also picked Trisha Cast because not just because of the scream, but there was a lot of emotion in there. And what I did after watching all of these and picking who I, I picked, I put in Trisha Cast Emmy Reel for someone who I know who doesn't watch soaps. And I wanted them to give their honest opinion whether or not I was sort of giving this too much uh, uh, applause if it was as good as what I thought it was. And this person loved it, uh, loved the scream, thought the scream really worked, that it wasn't overdone, loved the emotion, loved the slamming of the door in, in Christine's face, loved the ending. The thing that I didn't like, and I think Brie Williamson deserves an Emmy just for being able to play 17 different characters all in the scope of, of one episode. But the thing that I always wonder about voters is if they hear certain things and then just tune out. And one of the things that was mentioned in Bree's Emmy reel was that at one time she thought she was a 17-year-old and she was almost raped by her right. father. And I wonder, I mean, I know what it is. I get it. And, you know, do we maybe sometimes roll our eyes at some of the things? Sure. But I worry that people who are watching this and don't know what it is hear these things and they're like, okay, too much, and zone out and then don't pay attention. I agree, and you know, I have to agree I, because let's face it: even those of us who love our soaps, love Brie Williamson, love whatever, we um, we rolled our eyes. That's that. that that Jessica is 17 year old story just pained us, you know, cause, cause that's the kind of thing where you get all your friends excited and you're like, you know what? One life to live is so awesome. You really need to watch this show. And they tune it, tune it in. And all of a sudden Jessica is a 17 year old. And you're like, I'm sorry, don't watch this week. Wait a week. And then watch. <laughs> and you know, it, it's like when you get somebody really excited about something and the one episode they watch is the crappy episode. Yeah. And, and they're and they look at you like, wow, this is what you're bragging about. Never give me a recommendation again. My dark horse is, in all of this isn't them uh it's actually heather tom because i thought that there were there's that interesting heartfelt moment where you're talking about being able to relate uh it's the reason i voted for trisha cast but when heather tom's character looks to her sisters and says something like i don't know if i'll be able to trust you again but you're my you're my sisters and I love you, but I don't know if I can ever trust you. I just think that that resonates with a lot of people who have been let down by people in their real life, who they love, and go through that, wow, you know, I love you, but I don't know if I can ever look at you the same way again. That's what I liked. I agree, and I and I seem to remember that, um, that her reel also had just the really powerful – 
very realistic, very real fight between a husband and a wife who are like, you know, she's like, you know, I love you, but those are my sisters. And he's like, how can you, those, those women threw you under the bus. How can you possibly stand by them? And it was, it was of the various reels. It was probably the most relatable because it really was family. It was all about families and fighting and, and the not, not, you know, not boink berries or any of the stuff that, that is a little harder to relate to on Bold and the Beautiful. This was Bold and the Beautiful doing family drama, doing good old fashioned soaps. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the other, like, even you look at Nancy Lee Grand's reel and it starts off very relatable. I mean, this mother at her daughter's side, her daughter's been beaten up, but then it goes to that general hospital place where it's a woman asking a mobster not to kill somebody, you know, and so you kind of lose the believability points there where with, with, with the scenes with Katie and her sisters and Katie and Bill, it's sheer family drama, and it's something anyone watching it can relate to. I'm going to give you first crack at Outstanding Lead Actress as well. Let's get right to it. Who did you pick? Michelle Stafford, and here's why. Michelle Stafford's reel is a little bit of a cheat, you know, to be honest, because Michelle Stafford's reel is – um, includes a lot of flashbacks. Yes, it so does. it's not really just stuff from that episode. She gets to relive the highs and lows in her, in, in, um, Phyllis's relationship with Nick. So, um, not only does she have some good material in the actual episode, but she also has, you know, kind of a wide variety of scenes because of the flashbacks included in the episode. So, I, you know, and I, to be honest, I probably would pick her anyway because I really think that, that, you know, while I'm usually a Susan Flannery, just, you know, Susan Flannery can do no wrong in my book, she, I don't think the show did her any favors by picking the um, the stuff they did from Skid Row for her reel. Uh, it just, you know, it, it just doesn't have that fire that we that we want to see Susan Flannery having. Um, you know, the, the other contenders, uh, the contenders in the category are Colleen Zink, Debbie Morgan, Michelle Stafford, Susan Flannery, and Alicia Minshew. And and I have to say, Alicia submitted good stuff, too. I have Michelle Stafford as my runner-up choice. And it started off very reserved. You wonder where it's going. The flashbacks come in. Then you get it. And it really, really worked for me. But, I but not did, enough to put her in first. Who did no, you put in the top slot? I surprised myself, and I picked Alicia Minshew. Because of the relatability factor for me, I was blown away and it just it, it, it meant so much to me when you have someone who is calling the cell phone of someone who has died just to hear their voice. I thought that there was great emotion in there when she when uh, Kendall found out that Zach was dead. There was the denial. There was the anger. I mean, we went through the whole steps of grieving in, in one episode, but it really ended well. And part of the thing in voting is how do you leave them? What do you leave them with? What do they last get to see and, and remember you by? And there was, there was music. Uh, the song said something like, I can't believe it's over. I can't believe it's over. And there you have Kendall calling the cell phone to hear her husband's voice. And it worked for me. So really, you're giving it best music director. No, actually, I picked something <laughs> totally different for best music. But I, I just I like to feel something, and all of the folks who I've I've picked, they made me feel something. From you know the young girl who was abused 
to someone finding out that at we'll say 20 something that now their their dad is finally in their life to someone who lost a son at their other son's hand to someone who found out that they were cheated on by the woman that they loved to in this situation to losing someone that they love and i've also uh, use that same philosophy in picking lead actor. I picked James Scott. I thought that there was a whole bunch of stuff going on in there. The the thought of EJ wanting to take his own life hit with me. Uh, you know, we hear a lot about suicide in, in the news lately, and it, it's not necessarily for the reason that we're going to be talking about in the daytime Emmys. But you know, watching someone go through this agony. It resonated with me. It, it, it was something that I thought was powerful. It was something that you don't really see on the soaps, and in that sense, it was fresh. But in fairness, I also picked James Scott last year and thought he knocked it out of the park and that no one would beat him, and he didn't win last year. So what do I know? Yeah, I'm going to go with what do you know on this one, too, and here's why. Here's why. Um, I love James Scott. I think James Scott is one of daytime's just, just un tapped treasures and I, I there that man has chemistry with every single person on days of our lives and it's amazing that this is the same guy who was such a dud on all my children yeah. but here's my problem with his reel it's endless scenes of ej wandering around the house no dialogue it, it just it just there's not a lot of i mean yes he's very expressive and very you know doing drunk, which is great, but, you know, it's all these scenes of EJ wandering around contemplating suicide, and first of all, as someone who's not watching the show, I'm not really going to get it, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to realize for a long time in it that he's actually, that's what's going on. It's just going to look to me like some guy rambling around his house for some reason, stumbling around drunk, but I don't really get that he's going to commit suicide. And it also, I think, if you are someone who doesn't really get know the show and you are someone who is basing it on what you're seeing, those final scenes, because remember, how does it – you were talking about the importance of how it ends. How, it how ends. does it actually How does it actually end? With Sammy uh, taking the gun from him and assuming that she shot and killed him, but you don't yeah. know because – and it's kind of – that's just kind of a – it's kind of a nasty ending. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, to this day, I think that was one of the biggest mistakes they, that Days of Our Lives made over the last calendar year was having Sammy shoot EJ in the head. But the episode just plays to an, to an audience that doesn't know the story. I think the audience is not going to – I just don't see it playing as well as it does to those of us who are so familiar with I, the story. May I guess who you picked? You sure can. And I'll tell you, this is another one where there was much debate in the office. There were two choices. We, the one we went with in the magazine was not actually the one I personally would have picked. Did you pick Maurice Bernard? The magazine as a whole, as a staff, the vote went with Maurice Bernard. And, and I was fine with that because I think he had, had fantastic material. Um, you know, it was the whole scene with Sonny confronting Ethan who supposedly beat up Christina. Very, very strong, very powerful. And ended well. Um, and ended well. It was, it was good stuff. It was really, really good stuff. But my personal choice was um, Michael Park. Okay. The, it, was, it was the stuff at the lake with Jack and Carly sort of, um, you know, realizing that they couldn't deny their love anymore. And it was 
cute and playful and sentimental and emotional and far more relatable, certainly, than a mobster pulling a gun on a guy who supposedly beat his daughter. Um, It just, it was classic soap opera. It was classic Jack and Carly. And let's not forget, you know, um, these are two popular actors. They did it. They, they, they got it last year. Mm-hmm. So it just, to me, his material jumped right off the screen and said, wow. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Richard and I had so much to say that it's not possible to fit all of it into today's show. So to find out who he and I picked for Outstanding Drama Series, head on over to SoapCentral.com radio and look for the special outtake. You'll be able to listen to the full version of what Richard and I said about the Outstanding Drama Series as well as our can't-go-wrong picks for all of you out there who maybe have an office Emmy pool or have uh, friendly wagers with your friends. We are going to take a quick break and come back with Jim Romanovich on the other side of this commercial break. Stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hey Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with Soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history, or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, Check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. My next guest, Jim Romanovich, is the president of Worldwide Media and Entertainment for Associated Television International. Aside from that really cool title and a great voice, which you'll hear in just a a couple of seconds here, he's an avid soap fan and a really big supporter of the genre. He's here today to tell us why this year's daytime Emmys are must-see. So, Jim, welcome back to Soap Central Live. 
Thanks very much, Dan. And by the way, I made up that title. Oh, well, hey, then uh, does that give me free reign to make up my own title if I want? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, Absolutely. I like that. I'll come up with something. I did make it up. He, you know, when I when I was uh, hired, you know, David, uh, I, I, he couldn't make me president of the company because that's David McKenzie's title. <laughs> so I said, well, then, you know, make me president of uh, Worldwide Media and Entertainment. How about that? He says, you got it. That's what happened. Oh, I like that. We'll see if I come up with something by the end of by the end of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, great uh, to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's uh, It's been a year, give or take. I, I believe you were here last year for mm-hmm. a preview of the Daytime Emmys, and you're back again. So I have to, of course, acknowledge one of the things that are, that's out there in that many fans are feeling down this year because of ABC's decision to cancel All My Children and One Life to Live. And I'm hearing from a lot of them that they don't think that they need to watch the Daytime Emmys because it's – it doesn't matter or it's a sign of protest about the cancellations. To me, that's a very wrong sort of attitude towards this. Let me get your take on that. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. It it is wrong. Uh, I understand and appreciate the protests and I appreciate the love more than anything. However, it needs to be guided in the right direction and it needs to have uh, the right result from that. Uh, I think protesting and yelling at people for the sake of venting is might be good for the soul, but doesn't quite get you the results you're looking for. And if you protest ABC, for example, by saying, I'm not going to watch ABC anymore, you're only hurting yourself. You're cutting off your nose to spite your face because the network will go on, I'm sorry to say. Uh, so you're only hurting yourself by boycotting up an entire network and basically your entire choice of other programming that they may have that uh, is that could be very good as well too even though your soaps may no longer be on there at least those two as far as the daytime emmys is concerned you know this is it you know this, this is the only shot you get to see your favorite soap stars in prime time uh, outside of guest appearances and other prime time shows which they seem to be doing quite a bit but as a celebration of daytime and the soaps in particular which I have to remind people that's at least 80% of our telecast because they go geez what's with all of uh, the talk shows what's with all of the Vegas entertainment well the Vegas entertainment is there to entertain and also to pay tribute to daytime and that's why we do it all because we want to give people something to watch and quite frankly the daytime talent themselves especially the soap stars appreciate it the most when Vegas is out there singing and dancing for them because it's just a fun blast of a time for them and it's an acknowledgement to them that people outside of their circle care about what they do Hmm. and that's why we do it so we entertain the audience maybe some people that are not necessarily soap fans but like to be entertained will tune into the daytime Emmys, which we saw last year because the ratings went up. I hope they do this year. If they don't, then, then they don't. But the celebration is still there, and that's what's important. So if you don't watch the daytime Emmys, you're sending a very strong message to the soaps that you supposedly support, and you're sending a very strong message to the actors that appear in those soaps that you allegedly support. So please watch the daytime Emmys. Uh, it's a show that uh, we is near and dear to our heart. Uh, we do it for the soap stars in particular, who I know would love to have this for the fans. 
you mentioned in that you talked about all of the great stuff that was a part of last year's telecast. I thought that it was so exciting having that Las Vegas feel infused into the telecast. So I would have to imagine that being in Vegas again this year, there's going to be a lot of uh, performances that are going to be a part of this year's telecast on June 19th on CBS. What can fans look forward to? Well, we have one performance I can't talk about yet, but if it all happens, it'll be a huge performance. Uh, we also have a great performance from Gladys Knight, and uh, you know she's one of the legends, period, of Vegas, legends of music. And here is a great woman performing on our show for you soap fans. I think that's very, very big. I also think she is a soap fan. She is. She definitely is. Uh, we're doing something uh, special uh, in which Carol Burnett will be making an appearance, oh. and um, and a few others that I can't quite talk about yet. But as far as the top Vegas talent, we've got Penn and Teller this year. Chris Angel's coming out to do some stuff. Um, it's just it's we're stepping it up this year, and of course you know we're doing the farewell to Oprah Winfrey. Um, and that will be a very big segment as well, too. Again, this is it's, it's daytime, so we have to include all its daytime, and to not acknowledge Oprah would be ridiculous. So Absolutely. she's done so much for daytime, and she's done a lot for the soaps. Um, granted, you know, maybe her last YouTube thing could have been phrased a little bit better, but she is a fan and supporter of, of the soaps. Yeah, I think that... You know, there, there's a whole lot of other things that go into a decision other than uh, maybe what soap fans think. And I agree with you. I think that maybe that could have been handled, worded, uh, or just done in a different way. But I, I don't think that that necessarily defines her her legacy and her terms of commitment to the soaps. No, it, it certainly doesn't. And I, I think a lot of people also misunderstand who Oprah is and, and you know what her power really is. True, she's a very powerful woman, but you know she doesn't have an unlimited bank account. Uh, and number two, uh, the OWN network, which is named after her, is not owned by her. Discovery licenses licenses her name, in which they then use her and any shows that she develops to be part of that channel. So that's a contract that can end it, you know, whenever it ends. You know, it's, if it's a two-year, five-year, ten-year, I don't know how long it is. But it's a licensed deal, and the money that's provided to Oprah comes from Discovery, not from Oprah's pocket. Mm -hmm. So it's a very limited budget. So that's why, among other reasons, why OWN didn't take All My Children and One Life to Live. Number one, it doesn't really fit the format of what she's trying to do there. Number two, that you're talking you know, $100 million uh, for those two shows per year. I would say, to run on OWN, which is something that they couldn't do unless you really scale it back, and I don't know how possible that would be. Was it easier this year being able to get everything together for the Daytime Emmy since this is the second year at the Las Vegas Hilton, or was it just as challenging uh, maybe as it has been in previous years? Uh, the answer is yes and no. Uh, easy yes as far as uh, network interest. Um it, yes, it was easy that way because, you know, from what something was dead a few years ago, came back to life in a way that made the network interested again. Mm -hmm. 
But in some ways, it's more difficult because getting things that we need in what some are feeling is a declining genre in particular, especially when the soaps are the majority of what the broadcast of the daytime Emmys are, even though they're not the majority of the entire daytime Emmys selections. Right. But as far as what we show, it is the soaps. And I, I think once the soaps are no longer prevalent, uh, and I hope that's not for a while, but it, it you know, and, you know, one life to live and all my children will still be, you know, in the mix next year, should we decide to do the daytime Emmys for 2012. But from 2013 on, you have four soaps left, uh, hopefully. Um, I don't know how much you can do, because, you know, what do you do, Judge Judy and Jeopardy? And, I mean, you know, they're basically, those shows never really change. Right. So it, it either it either goes away from broadcast or it turns into a much different broadcast program that may not be a primetime show. So I, I'm, I'm not really sure. but So in that regard, it's much more difficult because, you know, of, of the big changes that have been going on in daytime television, uh, soap television uh, right now, daytime soaps, I should say. So, yeah, it has been a very challenging year, but we were still able to make a go of it. I can't let you off the hook completely because I did mention at the top of the interview that you are a soap fan. So I, I need to ask, do you have any thoughts or do you have any predictions about who might or should win a daytime Emmy this year? Well, you know, I do, but, you know, I, I, I tend to not want to, uh, you know, I, I got to kind of play the middle here because I love them all, you know, and I'm, I'm friends with many of them. And I think they're, they're all terrific. They all work hard. They all bring. But I think it's also important for folks out there who are listening who maybe have uh, ideas. They have to remember, you have no idea who will win. That is all oh, a no. sealed ballot process just because you guys are pr uh, putting together the Emmy telecast. It doesn't mean that you, you know who's going to win. I don't know who's going to win. I know the moment the viewer knows. Well, I think that for the past couple of years now, uh, the guys at ATI have done such a great job of really, really showing how much people are so passionate about daytime. So I know I have to thank you guys for that because it was there for a while that not only were people saying that soaps no longer mattered, but they were saying that it didn't matter, the fans didn't matter, didn't matter if the awards were giving out. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun to see how everything has turned out. And I know that on Sunday, June 19th at 8 p.m. on CBS. Hopefully, everybody will be tuned in to root for their favorites and, more importantly, just to root for daytime as a whole. That's it, because that's what we're doing. We are celebrating daytime. It's not a funeral. It's a celebration. And the actors that are going to be there from One Life to Live and from All My Children are not there to have a funeral. They're there to celebrate and party and get down and just have a good time. And we're going to make sure that they have it. Well, thank you, Jim, for taking some time out to talk about the Emmys with me. No, my pleasure. I wish I could give you my choice of winners. And, I mean, there are people that I love. There are people that I love. But, uh, you know, I, but I, can't, I can't do that. <laughs> but I appreciate it. You can, uh, you can pick the winners after they're announced. <laughs> yeah, that I will do. <laughs> No, no, I, I wish I could. I wish I could. But, you know, I, I respect and love them all. And, uh, you know, if I can give all of them an award, 
You know, I'll, I'll give you. An, I'll, I'll tell you one thing before we go here. Sure. Um, I was uh, visiting General Hospital a couple of years ago because I wanted. It was at the time where I wanted to go and visit all of the soaps to really show our support because we. This was our first year producing it. This was in 2009, and I was in the, in the, the studio commissary over at uh, ABC and Prospect, uh, and Maurice Bernard was in front of me in the line. And he was introduced to me and me to him, and uh, he smiled and laughed a little bit when he knew I was producing the daytime Emmys. And he said, oh, it's been a long time since I won one of those. And uh, I told him then, I said, you know, the statue really doesn't mean all that. You win your Emmy every time you're on camera, and that's what's important because you bring it every single time. And I think he appreciated that. And that's the way I feel. That's the way I feel when I see great performances on screen from these guys. You know, a statue is is great and, you know, and so forth. But, you know, watching the work and being affected by the work, that's the Emmy. That's what it's all about. I like that. I, I like that a lot. Probably because I've never won anything, but hey, I like I like the sentiment. Anyway. Well, we have, so the statue's pretty damn good too. Don't get me wrong, but doing the work and having people go, "Wow, you know what? What you did really affected me, and really made me think, or really made me happy, or made me cry." That to me is worth, you know, all you know. There's not enough statues in the world that can replace that feeling. Yeah, and certainly the fan support, which is is stronger now than I think ever. That that's got. Oh, I good love too. the fans. I couldn't do this. We, I, we, David McKenzie, ATI, everybody here. We couldn't do this without the fan support, and we appreciate them and we honor them and we try to do right by them. And in order to do that, we try to do the best show we can to keep it alive and a celebration. Well, thank you. Again, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm glad that you were able to take some time out and uh, and to discuss all of these things. I'm going to do my best to make sure that everybody is, is tuning in and that they know where it is and, and what channel it is and all that other stuff. Oh, it's my pleasure for being here, and I, I appreciate your thinking of me as well, too. Again, a special thank you to Jim Romanovich and the folks from Associated Television International. They are putting together this year's Daytime Emmys, and the ceremony will air Sunday, June 19th at 8 p.m. on CBS. Check your local listings for station information in your area. And that brings us to a close of this year's Daytime Emmy Preview Extravaganza here on Soap Central Live. If you've missed any part of our show today, check it out at SoapCentral.com radio. You'll have all sorts of listening options, not just for this edition of Soap Central Live, but for the 74 other episodes that we've put together since last year. Of course, there are excerpts that did not fit into today's show. Those are also over on SoapCentral.com. And all this weekend and even after the Daytime Emmys, be sure to look for our amazing Daytime Emmy coverage on SoapCentral.com. It will be myself. It will be Martha Byrne. It will be the folks from Voice America TV and Voice America Radio. We are planning coverage like you've never seen it before. So hopefully you'll tune in, you'll support that, you'll tune in and support the Emmys, and you'll tune in again next week for another edition of Soap Central Live. (laughs) 